Welcome to the No Risk It, No Biscuit podcast with Jay and Melanie. Let's go, first five minutes now, let's go. Set the tempo. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting the ring on our finger. This is the ultimate team game. Now that's the beauty of football. Welcome to the No Risk It, No Biscuit podcast with VA and Melanie. And coach, you called me up this off season and you said, what do you think about hosting a podcast with me? And I said, absolutely. Where do you want to go with it? What do you want to talk about? And I remember you said to me, we'll just shoot the shit. Yeah, we'll just shoot the shit, find some interesting <laughs> topics and, and let, them, let them fly. And yeah. uh, my son, Jake, uh, kind of ran with it. And uh, here we are. Yeah. And, uh, looking forward to it. We got plenty to shoot the shit about. Uh, yes, First of do. all, I need to know where No Risk It, No Biscuit came from. Where did that originate for you? Talk me through that. Slogan. Yeah, it, it really became a lifestyle. Um, one of my younger coaches, young days, in a playbook had the poem If by Rudyard Kipling. Yeah. And it basically, you can't be afraid to throw your hat in the ring. Don't stand on the sideline and watch. And that kind of stuck with me. And as I played and then started coaching. I wasn't good enough to do a lot of that as a player, but as a coach, it's like, you can't, and even in golf and in life, you can't hit a great shot if you don't try one. Right. You know, Tim Cup is like one of my favorite movies. Like, just keep hitting. You'll get it over the water sooner or later. Yeah. All right. And uh, so it's like, yeah, that's, and that's kind of led into my coaching. You know, yeah, we can throw a five-yard check down, but we can also throw a go ball on third and one. You know, just take what's there. But don't ever be afraid to throw that thing down the field. And all the quarterbacks I've had, kind of, they kind of like that. Yeah, I'm sure they do. And in those moments, is it more of a, a feel thing for you? Because you're not a big analytics guy. So kind of <laughs> take me through how that goes for you in yeah. those moments. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's a gut feeling. But I yeah. mean, you have to study. I mean, you know, people don't realize how much time goes in. I have to laugh when, you know, when you go, oh, you should go for it on fourth and one. Well, did you sit in the room for for 30, 40 minutes and watch 300 plays of short yardage and goal line this week, we yeah. can't block these guys. So right, much so, more goes into yeah, that. Yeah, it, it, it was third and two. We got a half. You want me to go for the other one and a half? You know? Um, no, I don't, it makes no sense to me. Now, I know what analytics are. Yeah. Right-hand batter can't hit a curveball. I'm going to put a curveball pitcher in there. That's analytics. But right. for football, for, for that, I don't know where it fits. Now, you can go back in the history of time and say numbers do this. Numbers don't play. Mm-hmm. people play, all right? They don't know if the right guard's hurt. That guy's kicked his ass the whole game, and the left guard's got a bad knee. So, But other times, you just grit your teeth and say, yeah, we're going for it, you know? So is there a moment when you look back over your entire career and you look at all the ballsy play calls, <laughs> is there one no-risk-it, no-biscuit call that stands out to you? Yeah, I, I think one for sure because I knew the, the, the head coach um, – Great defensive mind. Uh, it's third and eight, minute left in the game. We make first down, game's over. Mm-hmm. Everybody runs and punts. So I asked our head coach, what do you want to do? He said, hey, go for it. I said, I'm throwing the ball now. I had a great quarterback, great receiver. They bring everybody up. We ran a little play, play action pass, first down, kneel down. It had to happen to be the AFC championship. Oh, my goodness. So what happened from there? We knelt down and won. <laughs> so that kind of, as an offensive quarterback, I always thought that was my job. Never yeah. put the defense back on the field. Yeah. You know, I just get it. Now, one of them backfired. I'm in Alabama. 
we're playing Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Big, big. I'm still known as the the guy that did it. Um, third and four, minute left. Asked asked the head coach, "What do you want to do?" No answer. All right, what do you want to do? No answer in the headset. No, he he didn't wear a headset, so I'm asking Dabo. Oh, Dabo's on the headset. Dabo, what's he want to do? So I call a play. We complete a little screen pass, and we fumble. It's not an interception. We fumbled. We could have fumbled if we ran the ball. Yeah. Auburn wins. I get fired. I said, okay, it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. I just happened to become Peyton Manning's uh, quarterback coach the next year. Oh, casual. <laughs> <laughs> so when they don't work out, does that does that give you pause, like down the line when no, you go to make – no? No, because uh, there's another great poem, and I hung this on the wall at Temple, The Man in the Glass. All right, if you read that poem – the only person you got to ever answer to is the one in the mirror. Yeah. You know, and, and we build our team with the words trust, all to respect. The trust part is being able to trust that guy in the mirror. Can't trust anybody else that you trust him. 100%. Yeah. You brought up Peyton Manning, and I'm curious, you've coached so many good quarterbacks over the years. When you have the debate of best of all time versus greatest of all time, where do you sort of rank your guys that you've coached? How would you, what categories yeah, would you put them in? So much of it, everybody wants to say, he's got these rings. Well, this is the ultimate team game. Yeah. Now, that's the beauty of football. It's not a pitcher throwing a no-hitter or, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just wearing everybody else because they can't guard him. It takes 22, you know, right. and – so to say it's just rings, uh, well, Tom Brady's a great player, right. great player, and but he was on a great team. Peyton Manning was a great player, and the team got better, and and that was one of the greatest duels I I just love being a part of. Um, like Carson Palmer, if you're going to build somebody to look like a quarterback, it's Carson Palmer. The he's the prototype. Yeah, he's the deep best deep ball thrower. The Ben, if you put all everybody together. You know, some guys have to have every rock sure. unturned before the game. In I, order every to question. Be great. Ben was just the opposite. You you could overload him. Don't overload him. Just let him play. And we always had a blast because I'd write a script like everybody mm -hmm. first fifteen. I think sometimes he sabotaged me because we would have a bet who would score first when he was calling plays or when I'm calling plays. But his, always <laughs> That's like, how you know the chemistry yeah, is good like, between you and I the said, quarterback. Look, dude, you always get to go no huddle. Yeah. You know? yep. so, and, uh, and that's when he was his best. But uh, Andrew Luck was an amazing young player when I had him. And, and, and Timmy Couch, gosh, Timmy Couch was a great player. He just Timmy got Couch. broken up. I mean, Timmy was sacked 120-some times his first two years. Yeah. Two minutes left in the game. Come from behind. What quarterback that you've coached do you want in mm. there for you? I'm going to piss a bunch of them off. Yeah. But I'm going to say Andrew Luck because of what he did as a rookie. I mean – we went seven out of the 11 in the last two minutes. And he's playing with five other rookies on offense, you know, and it was just his command and his poise and his grit. I mean, we didn't get, we got to a playoff game, but we didn't get to the big game in the big game. I'm taking Ben because okay. I've been in the big game with Ben just and, and we, we went 92 and... yards and people didn't realize he only had two receivers he could throw to Nate Washington had a separated shoulder and Hines' knee was gone. So he could only throw it to Santonio or Heath Miller, you know? Yeah. And so he said, Santonio gets MVP, all right, because he just keeps throwing it to him. But, uh, yeah, they're all great. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't realize Tommy's first game to 
have to get a touchdown in the last two minutes was with the Bucks. And wow. he got he got a bunch of field goals. It was the first time he had to go get a touchdown when he hit Cyril Grayson Grayson down down the sideline. But what was that conversation like with Tom in the moment? Uh hey dude, just what do you want? Yeah. What do you want? Tell me what you want. Like all those plays I'd have on that sheet, every quarterback had the right to scratch them off. Sure. I'm never calling a play that you don't like. And so you put them in that moment, and this is where the accountability comes in. All right. This is you you own this now. Right. All right, so it's yours. And uh, hey, give me these three to start with, and he'll he'll see how they're playing it. And, and Tom and Peyton were those guys that like once they saw coverages, they knew exactly how to attack it. Yeah. You know, it's like you you want to win that chess match. As a coach, that must make your job easy. Oh God, I was a great coach when I had those guys. I sucked <laughs> when I didn't have them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you got to be a good coach with Ben and Tom and, and Peyton and yeah. Andrew and Carson and Timmy and all those guys oh and. Uh, and I'll throw Kelly Holcomb in there, too, because God and mom and dad made those other guys. Uh-huh. I kind of helped make Kelly a little bit. And and Kelly's still one of my favorite all time. Every time he'd get a chance to play, he'd throw for 400. Wow. I mean, he, just, he was just a great guy. What about his skill set set him apart? Accuracy. You know, yeah. And everybody wants to say, oh, he thought, this guy has the strongest arm. It has nothing to do with velocity. It's all about accuracy. It's accuracy. It's ball placement. Now, if you, if yeah. you have some velocity and accuracy, especially down the field. For me, it's down the field. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a dink and dunk guy. So, uh, and all those guys were great deep ball ball. Yeah. Not afraid to throw it down the field. You mentioned Andrew Luck. And I just think his story is so interesting because obviously no one was expecting his abrupt retirement. Were you? I was shocked. Yeah. We all I know were. how much he loved the game. How's he doing? He's doing fantastic. I was up at Chuck Strong event not too long ago and, and he brought Lucy over as this cute little girl and we sat out in the parking lot just talking and uh he is so happy I'm so happy for him too I mean he he made the right decision for him for himself you know? mm-hmm. and uh he four years of rehabbing and never leaving the facility that that will wear you out do you think that's what it was for him I don't think there's any doubt he, yeah. the other part of his life that Andrew's so smart and he's, he's got so, so many things going on he wasn't able to do you know and uh travel and just stuck in the training room all the time. Yeah. Take me back to 2012 in Indianapolis. Mm. Just walk me through that year. What stands out in your memory about that year? Oh, God. It, there's so many things. I mean, I'm here at the lake. Yeah. Winter open date. And Chuck left early on Thursday. So I thought maybe he shot out on vacation, right? And I get I get a call. And it's Chuck. I said, dude, what's up? He says, uh, I'm in the hospital. I said, wait a minute. I said, I went in Thursday. I have leukemia. Oh, my God. I'm like, I almost fall off the porch. Yeah. I mean, it was just. What a call to get. And it's like, Mr. Ursay wants you to take over. And uh, there'll be a team meeting. They'll never, they're not going to let me out of this hospital until I'm in remission. And I'm like, oh. So I'm getting on the plane. I'm looking up the type. And I'm like, oh, this is bad. And wow. I was more worried for him than the football team. Mm-hmm. The Chuck's a dear friend. And. Mr. Ursi gets up in front of the team. The doc gets up and he explains what he has. And Bruce is going to take over. And I would never let them say head coach. Chuck's seat on the bus was never sat in. His locker was fixed up every Sunday. I never dressed in there because I wasn't the head coach. Wow. I was just taking over, going forward on fourth and one and giving some shitty speech <laughs> on Saturday night. Because <laughs> Chuck's an orator. I'm like, hey, boys, let's go kick their ass. Let's go. Yeah. And then Jim gets up and says... We're going to beat the Packers. We're going to take this game ball 
to Chuck in the hospital. And I just, shit, you had to put that on me? The gravity of <laughs> that situation. I mean, so, I have chills. Literally, Tuesday night, I'm doing the game plan, and I get a panic attack. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I'm having First a First one ever? Yeah, yeah, only one ever. Yeah. It's like, I'm a scared shit. I call for swim. Hey, swim, go get the trainer. And, and it, it subsides. And Jake had come in town. And, uh, you know, it's one of those games. We're down 21 to 3. Mm-hmm. And... And we had practice really good that week, you know, I mean, really good. And going to halftime, look, here's what's going to happen. And I, once before I'd done this, and it's against Penn State. Oh, you just like, had to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, uh, Pat's going to kick it out of the end zone. We're going to get a turnover. We're going to go score and flip this whole thing around. Mm-hmm. Pat kicks it in the end zone. Gerard Powers turns the whole season around, picks off Aaron Rodgers. Andrew takes us in. And now it's a dogfight. You know, and yeah. get down to the last drive. And this is another great Andrew Luck story. I think it might have been Clay Matthews. He gets hit on a sack so hard. We miss a completely miss a, a guy coming off the edge. And I said, Oh, he's down. He gets up and says, Nice hit, dude. Come on. <laughs> That's him. That's Andrew. And, uh, <laughs> and always patting guys he, on the back. <laughs> he takes us down, hits Reggie. Reggie gets the ball in, and we win the damn game. I just sat oh on the gosh. bench and start crying. I'm sure you were just overcome I, I with was, emotion at that point. I, I, it was just so emotional. Yeah, it was beyond that. But uh, get in the locker room. I can't say a word. I'm just stuck. And Jim taking the game ball down to Chuck, and it was like thousand pound weight came off on me. I can only imagine. You know. And then we get on this crazy roll. You know, if we can just keep it tight, Andrew's going to win it. Yeah. And um, and we we keep keep rolling. We go out to Kansas City. If we beat Kansas City, we go to the playoffs. And Jamal Charles is running up and down. I think he's got 200 yards at halftime. Gosh, Jamal I look Charles. over at Greg Minuski, our defensive coordinator. I said, Minuski, can we just slow him down? He says, hell no. Look who's out there. <laughs> the one defensive tackle was got here this Tuesday. The other one got there last Tuesday. And I don't even know the other guy's name. All right? Gosh. True story. He gets a sack. I said, who is that? Jamal Westerman. So he comes, Joel, great job, buddy. And why in the hell they threw the ball? It's like they're down there and – that 15-yard line, and they throw it. We intercept it. Andrew goes, wins the game. We're in the playoffs. Oh, my God. I mean, this team had no business winning any games. Uh-uh. But I always said, you give professional athletes a cause to play for. Yeah. And we never said one, two, three, win is everything. One, two, three, Chuck. And these guys, uh-huh. it was really cool because Chuck finally gets out. He wasn't supposed to be. He sneaks in at practice. This oh is gosh. in November. November, December. We had like eight guys that never met Chuck. Because we had 13 or 14 guys on IR. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that coach? Is that coach? Yeah, that's him. The guys go crazy, man. They all go see him. And it's like, yeah, this, is, this was so special. Wow. And then I get sick and miss the playoff game. Yeah, t- what happened there? Oh, God, Gosh. they still can't tell me what I got. You yeah. know, I think it was just the stress of the year. I'm sure, just overwhelming. And I'm getting vertigo. Blood pressure goes crazy. And we're in Baltimore. And pregame meal, the room starts spinning. Doc comes over. I just been in Thursday night for the same thing, and they did every test known to man. My gosh. No problem Friday, no problem Saturday. And he, he thinks I'm having a stroke. I said, Doc, we did this test. You know, he's going across, and my eyes start twitching. I said, if you put me in the hospital, they're not going to let me out. Sure enough, across, across the street, go to <laughs> University of Maryland Hospital, and they ain't let me out. And they roll a TV up and let me watch the game with my blood pressure like oh, 250 God. over. They like, try to this, kill your wife. Yeah. <laughs> but this oh is one of the reasons gosh. I love Jim Mercer. 
First thing Jimmy wanted to know was Chris had the game, my wife. Oh. And they said, no. He said, go get a limo, call up a limo, get the other plane, get her here. She was in the hospital in less than two hours. And wow. we stayed there for three days waiting, and the plane just waited for us to get us back to Indy. I mean. Says a lot about Oh, Jim. Jimmy's the best. Yeah. Jimmy's the best. So from there, I mean, at this point, you're a hot coaching candidate. <laughs> what, what, but you're sick. So what, where do things go from there? Yeah, I mean, I had seven interviews lined up. I was the coach of the year. Yeah. And uh, uh, I go to Chicago because they had put the, the paperwork in first. Mm -hmm. And we're there two days they call me at 2 o'clock in the morning. We're going to hire Mark Trestman. I go down next morning. All the rest of the interviews have been canceled, you know, except Arizona. And it's like, uh, I, I, can't, I can't do that one. Kenny Wisdom, dear friend. Yeah. Right, and Russ Graham and Rachie and all the guys are out there that we won a Super Bowl with in Pittsburgh. I got to let go. Because I already had the staff set up to take to Chicago. And I call Kenny. He said, no, bro. That you you and Michael get along fine. You need to take. You deserve. He wanted it. you to take it. Yeah, yeah, he said you deserve this. Yeah, and uh, and and that was it. I, and I had to let those guys go. Man, that was hard. I'm that sure. Was really hard. Something that I think is so cool about you is um, you've never fired or demoted an assistant. What's your philosophy behind that? And really, probably learned it from Coach Bryant. Yeah, you know, I hired you. It's my job to make you better. Huh. All right. And if you're not doing your job, I got to fix it. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to throw you away to save my face or not get fired. Now, I've been fired a couple of times, so somebody else got to keep their sure, job. You know, sure, so, But uh, no, it, uh, it just more. was not in my makeup. And, and I think I learned from Coach Bryant. And uh, he, would, he might reassign you, but you never lost a job. Yeah, he, so give you might you a, move around. Yeah, he'd give you a raise and move you over here. You know, huh. and uh, what a, the, best, the best coach I've ever known. Yeah. Tell me more about him. Oh God! Every day was special. I mean, every day you go to work, you got to. He could read people. People thought Coach had give, you know, lost it because mm -hmm. he was he was up there. We played sixty six players in every game. He substituted every player. Wow. We played three quarterbacks, ten running backs. Like we're playing Kentucky, and we're losing, and we're supposed to be killing them mm -hmm. late in the fourth quarter. We got our. He sends in the four string running backs. I'm in the press box going. To Mal, Mal, what are we doing? What are we doing? Put, put, put Joe Carter and Lenny Patrick in there. He knew better. He wouldn't even answer, right? One of them makes a great catch. The other makes a hellacious block. We get out to about the 20. Here come the horses. So we go down and score. Never question. And, and Coach, we'd always walk around the hotel, and he'd give us a lineup. And I'm a smart ass. So coach, why, why? You coach him, I'll line him up. <laughs> I said, you coach him, I'll line him. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, so we would grade the film every, every Monday you come in, or Sunday morning, how to, how the line play, how the receivers play, how the running backs play. Uh, coach, we fumbled. We did get that cigarette. Did you even watch the goddamn film? <laughs> I don't think you're not a great at goddamn film. Well, I'd be hot. I mean, burning. Yeah. It wouldn't. Yes, sir. Staff meeting's over. I walk in and say, Coach, how do you want these some bitches graded? You're doing fine. You're doing a good job. No, sir. You're doing next week. Oh, Coach, we ran for 400, blocked well. What about that play Lenny Patrick did? There's a, I'd probably the only bad play. I don't think you know how to fucking grade a film. 
All right, this goes on for like four weeks. Oh my God. So finally I walk in, I said, coach, how the fuck do you want you, these guys graded? He looked at me, he said, sir. <laughs> and I, I'm hot now. He's like, you're doing a hell of a job. Get the fuck out of here. He never did it again. Wow. It was just a test. He was testing me to the core. I bet he and was. I wasn't backing off. Did you and know in the moment though that you were being tested, or it took a little uh, no, bit to I figure didn't. it out? No, I know what the hell's going. It took me a little while, but yeah. then as soon as he what stopped, is going I'm on like, with this guy? "Oh, okay." He was because I was smart. I thought I knew everything. Yeah, I really did. I thought I was cocky as shit. And um, next thing I know, I get a, a chance to to interview for a head coaching job at 30. Wow. And he said, "You want to be a head coach?" I said, "Yes, sir. That's my goal." He said, "You might not never get another chance. You better go get this one." And it's a funny story how I got the Temple job. Uh huh. I'm down in Tampa recruiting, all right? Howard Tippett's good friend. I knock on the back door, their old shitty facility they used to have, and he's, he's waiting for me. And Jimmy Gruden, John's dad, mm-hmm. was there, and we're talking, he says, Howard goes, hey, this, you should get this guy the Temple job. He looks at me, you want me the head coach at Temple? His buddy was the head of the search committee, Dr. Michael Jackson, great guy. I said, sure. He said, he, he calls him, he said, man, Friday is like the last day to, to apply. Yeah. I don't have a resume. I send him program. <laughs> I call Chris. Hey, put this in the mail. Send it to this guy. And I get an interview. Wow. I'm just thinking, man, I, if I get a head coach interview, I got a chance. All of a sudden, I'm in the final four. And we go to the Liberty Bowl. The only other time I feared losing. The Packers game with Andrew, with, mm-hmm. with that game ball thing, and Coach Bryant's last game. There's no way in hell we could lose Coach Bryant's last game. And we, we, Illinois was loaded, and, we, and we, we beat them somehow. It was freezing ass cold, but we beat them. And after the game, what's going on with that job? And uh, I said, Coach, I, I heard him in the Final Four. We're back in the office, and all of a sudden he whistled. He come whistling down the hall, stick his head in. You want that job? I said, yes, sir. You got it. They called. They finally called. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, it was he was he was so special, and I, I love telling the story of my friend Steve Hale. Uh-huh. Steve and I came in together. He came from Clemson. We're both young coaches, and Ken Donahue, legendary defensive coordinator at Georgia Tech, he hollers down to Steve, "Get Jim Bob out of there and put Tom in." He grabs, he sends him in the game. Right, every every coach said, "Oh shit!" And coach had that big vanilla folder. He he walked down, put his arm around him. Son, do you like your job? Yes, sir, coach. Woo! He hits him. <laughs> it doubles him over. He says, you ever put another damn player across that sideline, you ain't going to have one. Yes, sir, coach. <laughs> so the game is going. That's a tight game. And Ken says something to him. He says, coach, you want to put him in? You bring your ass down here and put him in yourself. I ain't putting nobody in the game. <laughs> that's, that's a respect. That, that man was amazing. Wow. I'm sure you took away so many things from your time with him. But what would you say is the biggest takeaway or just – something that you took with you going forward in your I coaching think what you said him. earlier, his job was to make us all better, mm-hmm. you know, and I just took that with me for the rest of my time as a coach. You know, there were some owners that wanted me to fire some people. Yeah. I, no, I'll make them better. Mm-hmm. I hired them. I hired them for a reason. They're damn good. Now they might not have the players we should get for them. Yeah. All right. So we'll fix that too, but we ain't firing nobody. You know, that that's family. Yeah. And if you know me, family's big. Absolutely. I know that for sure with you. Switching gears just a little bit. I'm curious on how you handle, I won't name names, but when you have a number of different receivers on your team, some are more divish than others. 
What goes into your game planning to try and take care of your receivers? How do you kind of handle? Yeah, I, I think, again, a lot goes with the quarterback too. But when you're scripting those plays, they're reading that script. Mm-hmm. All right, so in the top five plays, I'm trying to get them three targets. All right, the ones that it matters to. Yeah. All right. And they'll look at it. Oh, okay. Coach is taking care of me. Now, quarterback's got to throw it to him. Right. Right. I did my job. That's not your problem if he doesn't go your way. Yeah. So it's like, all right, throws it to somebody else. I come to the side and, hey, I'm going to call a screen. Just throw him the damn ball. Mm -hmm. I don't care if we gain a yard. All right. And just get him back in the game a little bit. Get him back in the game. And uh, because most of those guys were our lead blocking receivers, too. They were just great players. They're all being the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And, uh, but taking, Watching Larry Fitzgerald go from just a split receiver to playing in the slot and probably becoming the next Heinz Ward as a blocker. All right, wasn't easy. I'm sure it, it wasn't was. easy. <laughs> How'd you get him there? <laughs> and Larry, we had to come to Jesus meeting one yeah? day. Tell me about and, it. And uh, you know, Larry was he had a couple of bust assignments, and I snap on him on the field right in front of the owner in the gym. I mean, I lose it. And the rest of the team was, holy shit, he talking to Larry like that. Larry's <laughs> never been talked to like that. Yeah. Larry takes it great. I mean, he takes it great. And we start every every morning with what I call the accountability sheet. Okay. Every mental error, every penalty that happened in practice was, goes up in front of the team. So is Fitz just having too many mental errors? Man, man, Fritz, Fitz was on the sheet, right? Yeah. I don't think Fitz was on there for the next four years. Wow. It's like, we fixed it. We're good. All right. And... Uh, the guys, the, the really good players, they don't like being on that sheet. I'm sure. Because I, I would have the laser. If you were up like four, I put your number four in a row. Yeah. Mm. Especially the young guys. We go to training camp. And I said, dude, you really think you're going to make this team? All right. Bucks don't beat Bucks. Number one, we yeah. can't beat the can't other beat team yourselves. if we're beating ourselves. Exactly. And this sheet is all about winning. Stop beating us so we can beat the other damn team. All right. And. Yeah, yeah, there, there's some good stories on some guys that argued. I didn't miss them. The way you want to get the film back out. Yeah. Just, you got to take me off that sheet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we're down here on your gorgeous lake in Georgia. And I know Ben has a place down mm-hmm. here. How did, that, how did that happen? Yeah, I came down um, right after Super Bowl and got, bought the house. Okay. And... Uh, Ben was stopped by the house. We played a lot of golf together. When he came over, we were having a beer. And I got the map out on the table. He said, what's this? I said, that's that place I told you about. I said, what are there six golf courses? I said, yeah, there's six golf, all golf courses. I said, I'm on this one right here. I live right here. He goes, when are we going? I said, shit, you got the plane. Yeah, warm it up. Yeah, so let's go. So he said, next Friday? I said, next Friday. He already did his homework, man. He was on whatever website that was. And yeah. he picked his house out and bought wow. it. And yeah, we, we have had a blast down here for years. And so he's still down here? Oh, yeah, he's here. Yeah. He he's, he was here this week with the kids. And uh, him and Benjamin go out every morning. About They get the first tee time. I said, dude, I can't get up there anymore and play. That's way too early for me. Is Benjamin pretty good? He just, it's a great story. Yeah. They go up to Cleveland. Ben, ben caddies for him. Aww. He wins the tournament. Ben tweets out. Typical day in Cleveland, Roethlisberger wins. Oh. <laughs> I bet he heard it from Cleveland oh, fans for that. He got everywhere. <laughs> that was great. What's your best Ben story down here? Oh, yeah, we have, we have so I'm many. I'm sure you've had we some good so times down here. We have this little match with some guys from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and $100 a hole, two-man scramble. And they're kicking our ass, and it starts raining. Oh, no. After four or five holes. We're, and they, they've won damn near every hole. We go in. I said, look, dude. 
I'm, you hit first. You can beat them by yourself because what's happening, I'm hitting down the middle and you're trying to kill a son of a bitch. You just go beat them by yourself. If you miss, I'm going to be in the middle. All right, now we'd be way behind it, but I'll be in the middle. Oh, we go out and we flip this thing and win like 10 straight holes. And I, we go back in the bar and he's over chuckling and, and I said, yeah, we had to make a little coaching decision, you know, a little strategy. And these two guys, fuck that coaching yeah, shit. Sure you did. He, just, he just kicked our ass. I was like, you didn't do shit. I said, I made a little coaching decision. We, you know, that's what you got to do. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was one of our favorite times. Golf stories are the best. Oh, yeah. What's your biggest pet peeve on the golf course? What's like an etiquette thing that just pisses you off? Having to hit out of a divot in the middle of a goddamn fairway. Now, we have a rule at Old Memorial. The owners have, you don't have to do that. So I just take that everywhere I go. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse than <laughs> being in a, in a non-Sandfield divot in the middle of the fairway and there, there's no other divots around. I mean, that, they should change that rule on the tour. For sure. I'm just stupid. There are so many things on a golf course that I can't stand. Especially but. in the tournaments when after the fourth day, the balls are all landing in the same spot. You yeah. see it on TV, there's divots everywhere. And they said, please don't get, now they know how to hit it out of it. And their sure. caddies do a great job of fixing it, you know? Yeah, I um I had some friends in town recently and took them to this beautiful course in Nashville that I belonged to. And we warmed up on the range for about 45 minutes and we tee off on the first hole and we're like pulling up to the, you know, the balls in the middle of the fairway. And I look down at one of the balls and it says practice on it. I go, who the hell is playing a range ball? One of my friends did not want to go buy a sleeve of balls, so he put a pocket full of range balls <laughs> yeah. in his pocket. He's playing a damn range ball on this course. I'm like, you're going to get us kicked off this course. What's even better? When they take the blue line and, and right, right through the practice, yes. like they put the marker. Like, oh, no, nope, it's my ball now. I not here before. Like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to catch this one. <laughs> oh, man. Who is your favorite player you've ever drafted? Oh, Tyron Matthew. Wow, you I were mean, quick with that yeah, answer. Yeah, I mean, Honey Badger. I got kicked out of high school, and a coach stuck with me. I got dropped by everybody recruiting me, except one guy. And he lied to the head coach, said I transferred to get better math classes. All right? And I believe in second chances. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it changed my whole life. You know, then another guy comes in. My fifth year, I'm done with football. I'm trying to graduate. I interviewed for two junior high jobs and didn't get them. Or I would have never came back. So tear down Phillip, God bless him. You got to meet the new coach. I said, dude, I'm done. No, you got to beat the new coach. It was Jimmy Sharp from Alabama. They had just beaten us 77 to 6. And he took this job. And, I mean, I got long hair, beard. I sprained my ankle playing basketball. I'm up about 15, too many pounds, right? And I yeah. walk in. He goes, you hear the quarterback? Uh, maybe. <laughs> you know, and I sit in his office for three hours. I mean, we bonded. I told him what I thought of it was wrong, what, what, how to help, whatever. He said, you need to come back out. Uh, he said, I'll make a deal with you. Give me 10 days. After 10 days of spring practice, if you can't help us, I'll get you a high school job. Okay, cool. Yeah, right? fair. All I got to lose is like 20 pounds. Sure. <laughs> So we go out, and these guys have been running. Back then, winter workouts used to be just torture. Yeah, grueling. These guys have been running for a month. We had like six stations. I get through the second one. I'm, I'm done. And I had talked five of my buddies who had fifth year to come out. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm looking around. He, he's watching me, right? 
and they blow the whistle to go to the next one. I'm about to head out the door. He says, come here, kneel down. Your friend said, they're all gone. He said, uh, meet them at Carlisle's later, because I was a bartender at Carlisle's the whole time. And uh, he, I sat there. So you think you can make it through the last station? Yeah. He did every day until I could make it. Wow. And went back in his office. And one of our best players had just given it up. And I walk in. He said, not you, too. I said, no, sir. You told me to come back. He said, you're our starting quarterback. You'll be you're our starting quarterback unless you break your leg. And started all those games and, and, and got the MVP that year. My gosh. So. And he started me in coaching. Wow. That's really cool. People don't really remember the, the old world football league. The Birmingham Vulcans. George Meyer was their quarterback. George Meyer was the old Colt. I mean, I'm a huge Colts fan. And I'm going to go back him up. And Jimmy's from He said, look, I know about that league. He said, I don't know if those guys are going to make payroll. You're going to be a hell of a coach. I don't know if you're going to make it, but you're going to be a hell of a coach. Make a decision. Uh, so I went to grad school, started coaching. And uh, the next year, I get offered the quarterback job at East Carolina for Pat Dye. Wow. For $6,000, I'm jacked. All right. He said, you ain't going. Pat and Jim are best friends. Uh -huh. Best friends. He said, you ain't going to work with him. <laughs> You're staying here. I said, Coach, we don't have any spots. He said, I'll make one. I'm going to hire Chris as a secretary. She's going to make 7000 oh. And she don't have to come to <laughs> <Done> work. Done deal. <laughs> she don't even have to come to work. I said, all right, I'll stay. Yeah, that wasn't tough. <laughs> and I mean, we had unbelievable staff. Charlie Pell, Danny Ford, Buddy Bennett. I mean, it was, it was a great. Nelson Stokely. All you know, great coaches, and Charlie leaves and goes to Clemson, and then Danny goes, and I get a full-time job. Oh, 10 grand, went out and bought a house, had a baby, and got fired. <laughs> break, welcome to coaching. <laughs> went out, had a baby, oh, we, got fired. <laughs> we had a great old equipment manager, Luke Linden from Kentucky. Yeah, boy, so you heard you're going to be a coach, huh? Let me give you some advice. Build your house on wheels. Smart. Well, I only moved her 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that has to be so hard as a coach. Um, back to Tyron. What was it that you saw in him that made you? He owned it. Yeah. He owned it. He didn't try to blame anybody else for his, his problems. He goes, I did it. I love this game. Mm -hmm. I'll not do anything to ever make me forfeit this game again. And like... It was, you, and he hasn't. It, you should see it in his heart. He's a yeah, great kid. He's awesome. And uh, he had a plan. So, you know, we get to the third round and I look at it, Steve Kahn. I said, dude, we got to take him now. He's, yeah. he's a first rounder. All right. And psh, look what he's done. When did you start to notice him turning into such a leader? First week. Yeah. First week, guys just gravitated to him and he's so smart. And we had Patrick Peterson, Gerard Powers, and um, a couple other dudes that just doing great, right? He took over. Huh. He's making calls, he's doing this, and he's making plays. He's picking shit off and say, oh, he just, he's instant. And the older guys were fine with oh, they, they They saw it right away. When, they, yeah, they when the older guys know real. you're going to help us win, they make sure you're doing the right thing. Huh. And that's, again, that goes back to Jerome Bettis. To me, the greatest teammate the I've best. ever seen. All right, he taught Willie Parker to take his job, and that was kind of a stealer thing. Yeah, you know, veteran player would take a younger player, knowing he's probably going to take your job in a year or two. Yeah, 
give them the tools. And uh, one of the greatest moments I've ever been a part of, when the Steelers got introduced to come out in Super Bowl 40 in Detroit, mm -hmm. everybody stayed behind and let Jerome go. It was his hometown. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was so special because he is a special human being. He is. Who would you say is the most impactful player that you've ever coached? Probably Peyton. Yeah. I mean, what, what he did, we were terrible. God <laughs> almighty. And, uh, you know, we go 3-13, and 13 and he had all the interceptions. and But he flipped that whole organization by himself, his mm -hmm. work ethic and everything he did. He changed. That's why there's that big statue out in front of that stadium right now, and it's well-deserved. Yeah. When you, as a guy that has coached quarterbacks for so long, you've seen so much, I'm curious, currently in the NFL, one of the biggest storylines is Russell Wilson and the year that he had last year in Denver. Now they've got Sean Payton. Is Sean the guy that can turn things around with Russ? And like, what do you see with Russell Wilson right now that you think is maybe holding him back and how he can fix things? And it's always hard. When you come out of a system for so long and you learn a new system, it's yeah. hard. It's, I don't care who you are. And... But as most, this is happening a lot now with these real athletic quarterbacks. That's that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Athletic quarterbacks, once that first knee injury happens, that first hip injury happens, you lose a step. And yeah. sacks start coming in. You can't make those plays that you've made. Um, but to your point, Sean is the guy to fix it. Sean is a great coach. Mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the guys I respect the most in this business. And, and we go way back when he was young at the Giants and in the Eagles, you know. Um, if anybody can get him right, and put him in a system because Sean will build a system around Russ. Mm -hmm. He won't ask Russ to do things he can't do. You know, he'll make sure everything that's what Russ needs and and fit it to him. And I think I think Denver could be a surprise team this year. Mm -hmm. So for you, do you prefer a pocket passer then as opposed to a, a mobile guy like a Jalen Hurts or a Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson? A passer over a runner always. Now start there. Now if you can run, that mm -hmm. helps. Like. Ben could get away. Ben went fast, but Ben could get away. Yeah. Andrew was amazing because you look back at the combine, Andrew Luck's numbers were the same as Cam Newton's. Mm -hmm. And but he was a pocket passer that ran to throw. Pat Mahomes is not a runner. Right. Pat Mahomes is a scrambler who's looking downfield Always and nobody's leaving their guy because they can throw it 80 fucking yards down right. there <laughs> and it's a touchdown. So he gets 20-yard <laughs> runs. But I, I think Pat... My my uh, interview with Pat at down at Lubbock was amazing. You know, I thought Peyton was the smartest guy until I met Andrew, and then I met Pat, and we we put up some plays on the board. You know, we go out this thirty five mile an hour win. He's just shoo, he's just winging it through there, and I I would I, hey, I'm the weak safety. It's man protection. He makes the call. Okay, about five more ball. All right, slide protection. Here comes a strong set. He makes the call that we had in the meeting two hours before. Mm -hmm. I said, I look at Byron, Byron goes, man, I've had dudes couldn't do this in three years. He did it in not two hours. I, wow. The, the, the skill set's amazing, but Pat's brilliant. He is so brilliant and so fun to watch. What is your take on officiating right now <laughs> in the NFL with the current uh, state of affairs? I think it's getting worse. Mm -hmm. We had a chance to go full-time. They need to be full-time. Yeah. There's no other billion-dollar industry that depends on part-time employees. Good point. All right. When we had the strike, they struck. They were just about ready to break that union and go full time. And they had that debacle in Saint and uh, Seattle on the Hail Mary where they blew the call. And oh, we got to get the refs back. 
they're running the game. Then we finally get to some full-time guys, you know, in the last few years, the, the trend started to make them full-time. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's like, we can pay them enough to give up their other job. They don't give up their other job, get out. Right. Go coach, go ref college. Yep. We want all professional people. They're at spring practice. They're at training camp. They don't call those, those teams games because mm -hmm. they know too much about them, but they're there watching and training their eyes. Yep. And, and they're, they're in shape. And uh, it's, it's got to be the future. We cannot live with part-time people no. in a billion-dollar industry blowing calls. And I didn't like instant re replay at first. Then I say, like, oh, we have to have this. Mm -hmm. We have to have this for those, Accountability. For those games that guys blow a call. Mm -hmm. e either way, just fix it. You know, I think of that Rams-Saints game. And that was a the worst pass interference non-call I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So that's when we all started the big meeting at, and at the owners' meetings of how are we going to fix this because yeah. we can never let this happen again. Then we start betting on the games. Oof. Dude, you're putting yeah. people's lives at risk. You are. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. So let's get it right. Just let's get it. That's the main thing. Let's get it right. Get it right. How much when you're prepping for a game during the week? How much time goes into scouting? the refs that are going to be calling that game. And how do you have those conversations with players we in have, terms of we, like, this is what they like to call. I assign a coach to that job. Mm -hmm. All right. You, you work with, I'll send in the plays that we disagree on and everything. And they come back with my bad and, and you move on. But his job is to, to deal with them and then to give the scouting report every Friday um, of who's calling the game, how they call it and put up all the penalties that they've called. Mm -hmm. So this week, DBs, you can't touch them. These guys are going to flag you. Next yeah. week, you can throw them on the ground. They ain't calling shit. Mm -hmm. all right, the inconsistency That's the of referee is what bugs me. Mm -hmm. All right, there's some refs. That's foul. Yep. Roughing the passer. The next thing you know, Ben's coming out his nose is sitting over his <laughs> blood all over the place. No call. Yeah. All right, I say, I look at her. Like, huh, call it how the is same it? Every You think game. he punched himself in the face? <laughs> right, where How'd do you, you think miss that, that came from? That's your job just to watch him. And I'm not going to mention that guy's name, but um, so, yeah, I mean, the inconsistency. But, yeah, and our players, they bought in. Mm -hmm. They bought in. You know, offensive linemen, dude, you can't get on the sides. This cat's going to throw a flag every time. If you even see him falling, throw your hands down. Because every time they see a defensive lineman fall, oh, hold him. You know, yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> Well, I had to get you started a little bit. <laughs> All right. When you look at the current NFL, what do you think is the best division in football at the moment? Well, that's a good one. It's going to have to be the NFC East or the AFC West. The Eagles are there. Um, Cowboys are the Cowboys. Always, and, I mean, they're all, step. they're all good. I mean, then those quarterbacks in the AFC West, I mean, Mahomes, Herbert, Russ. I mean, Gosh, they're so just, fun to watch. They're all so good, you know. I don't know who's going to come out of that gang fight, but yeah. Um, well, now you got Garoppolo in, in Vegas. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I, the um, Jimmy beat us. So I got. I'm a Jimmy fan. Yeah, you know, he beat us on Monday Night Football to open the season. Well, we missed a field goal to win the game. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I think you know the other surprise team. I I, I love what the the Lions are doing. You know, Dan yeah. Dan Campbell. He reminds me a lot of Bill Cowher. Mm -hmm. You know, um, gets after it hard, but loves the players. You know. And the guys that I know and, and work for him love him. So I, I think the Lions have something going. And I'm like a Jared Goff fan. Like them as a sleeper fan. in that division? I'm a Jared Goff fan. Yeah, yeah, what do you like most about Jared Goff? 
well, we played the Rams and we're up 58 to 20 something. Next thing I know it's 55 to 47 or something. And he's just, he's just lighting us up, you know? And, uh, Somehow we still win that game. Well, I, yeah, Ndamukong Sue gets a sack fumble. Ndamukong uh, Sue. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we hit him. We did everything, and he just kept lighting us up. You know, and it's just – there's got to be a reason you're the number one pick. Mm-hmm. You know, and he has he has it all. He has just enough mobility, but he's accurate. He's tough. He's smart. If you're tough, you're smart, you got a chance. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for the No Risk It, No Biscuit podcast for this week. Coach, great to see you. You too, man.